You're listening to the Yoga Magic Podcast with host Ashley Sondergaard. Do you remember that first time you took a yoga class? Lying in Shavasana thinking, what is this magic? For me, yoga opened the door to a life full of self-discovery and self-care. This show shines a light on what is possible when you invest in your well-being. And not only for you, but for everyone around you. I interview women in the space of healing, spirituality, beauty, wellness, and of course, yoga. This community of listeners is excited to expand their minds, open new doors, be honest, and sometimes take a big old handstand fall on the way. My hope is that this show gifts you a library of accessible new practices that fill up your soul and open your mind. Not all will be perfect for you, but that's the best part. Trying it on and finding your personal favorites. This is Yoga Magic. Thanks for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Yoga Magic. I'm your host, Ashley Sondergaard. I'm so glad you're here. If you're new to the show, we chat all things self-care and self-discovery. I try to do it in a lighthearted way. That's what's happening. Oh my gosh, everyone. I just discovered Clubhouse today. Are you? Are we all on it? Is this a thing? I don't know. If you are, be my friend. I'm at Yoga Magic on Clubhouse. If you're like, what the heck? What are you talking about? <laughs> it's a new social media platform that that basically uses like meeting rooms and audio to connect. And it's actually kind of amazing. It's funny because Paige, our guest today, and I were chatting about how hard social media can be and just, uh, it's a process, it just especially for entrepreneurs and podcasters, it just takes a lot of time and energy. But Clubhouse is kind of cool. It's It feels more like a community, almost like a class than anything else. So anyways, check it out if you're interested. Um, be my friend at Yoga Magic hanging out on Clubhouse. Would love to see you there. All right, friends, it's Tuesdays, which means community conversations. And today, my friend and host of the podcast, It's Hard, Paige Boner, joins us today to chat about mental health, vulnerability, and personal growth. And so often on this show, you know, I talk to entrepreneurs or other wellness professionals, but I also really love to chat with individuals that are working, you know, full-time jobs that have nothing to do with spirituality or healing or wellness, and they're pursuing, you know, their their passions in tandem with working full-time, just like Paige is doing. So props to her. She started her podcast in college, like her senior year of college. I mean, I was not doing that in college. <laughs> We talk a lot about, you know, the healing journey of vulnerability and storytelling and sharing. And Paige does a really good job of that on her show. Um, It's hard. I was on an episode last month, episode nine of season two, if you want to give that a listen. And Paige is just really great at getting to the meat of the things in life that are really hard, but that, you know, ultimately connect us all. So I highly recommend you checking out her show. And actually the two of us are hosting a little gathering for fellow podcasters coming up next week. If you are a podcaster, you're looking to start one, we're just hosting a little happier on Tuesday, February 9th at 6 p.m. Central Time on Zoom to share ideas and strategies. It's totally free, just a little get together. You can get more info and sign up for that in the show notes. A huge thank you to our sponsor of this show, BetterHelp. And thanks to all of you for listening, um, for sharing this episode, especially if you hear something that resonates that you think might benefit somebody else. That's really how this show grows. Um, If you share it with a friend or on Instagram, don't forget to tag at Yoga Magic Podcast so I can say thank you. Okay, everyone, let's turn it over to Paige Boner, the host of It's Hard. Um and I don't know if I'll include this or not, but I pulled up your chart. So I thought we could peek at it. Yeah. Ah! I'm excited. 
Okay, so your Virgo sun mm-hmm. is in that fourth house of home and parents and foundation. So like very, very like task oriented and perfection analytical, which is great for like things like a podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Like get it sort of like getting things really precise. Um, and how like some, so when I think about self-care, I talked to you about this, like your sun is very much like where you shine the brightest and it's your essence. And so with your Virgo, like you're always going to have a little flavor of like really precise, you know, nature to everything that you do. Mm-hmm. And then your moon is in Libra, which is super balancing, very like diplomatic and the moon oversees your subconscious and your emotional well-being. So something, I don't know if you do, do you do breath work at all? A little bit. I try. Cause that I think is like one of the best practices for Libra moons is mm. breath work because it is so balancing to the physical body and the emotional body. Mm. I'll send you a couple like resources. Of I was going to say, I, I like. got to write this down. <laughs> <laughs> you better breathe, baby. I do right. have a breathe tattoo. So. Oh, there um, you go. Good yeah. reminder. Yeah. <laughs> and then your Mars is in, let me see. Scorpio. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Which, so Mars is like your, like your activation. It's your motivation. It's, it's can be also your triggers. And so the, the cool thing about Scorpio is that it's all about transformation. It's about transforming darkness into light. And so with your Mars in that placement, it might feel like you are, you're motivated to make things that seem really hard and seem like, oh my God, this is actually like really weird. Now that I'm saying this out loud, your show's called It's Hard. wild it would like turn you would turn this like things that are really hard for people into light by sharing it with others oh my god I just got goosebumps (laughs) no way (laughs) wait that's insane I know this is you're doing the right thing holy buckets and like (sighs) Scorpios are so I mean like anywhere you know a Scorpio in your chart but especially in in Mars like magnetic like you can make stuff happen especially if you're living in that space of like you're you enjoy it and you know you're doing the right thing yeah wait that's really cool (laughs) see now you're gonna like go look up the whole thing exactly I know I'm totally listeners we're sitting down with the host of the it's hard podcast Paige boner today and I am so proud we met we met recently but like well we didn't we never met actually we're just no yeah And I'm so glad we did. I love your show. You're, I feel like you're, you're a lot younger than me, but you are so wise. And so Aww. I'm glad that we get to hang out online and on me this too. podcast. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. This is my first ever interview. So I'm a little nervous. <laughs> oh my gosh. You'll be you're the best at just sharing and like holding space for people. And I think that's what this is. So Paige, tell the listeners about you, about your show, about your life, all the things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So I'm Paige Boner. My last name really is Boner, um, <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> so um, I grew up with that last name, which was really interesting. It's a big part of actually who I am. Um, when I was in fifth grade, all the boys in school started discovering what boners were and I had no idea. And so I went home and I was crying. I was like, dad, they all are making fun of me. I don't know why, like what's going on. And, and he looks at me and he goes, you can either cry about it or you can rise up. And I was like, 
you're right, dad. And I have lived by that for so many things in my life. And I went to school the next day, I started laughing along with the kids and they were all thrown off by it. And, you know, I just, I powered through and I wrote my college essay on my last name. Like my last name was such a big part of who I am. And that was, you know, a big reason why I named the podcast. It's hard. Cause it has kind of a double meeting. I mean, oh my it, God, I didn't even think of that. Did you That's not so think of that? Funny. Yeah. So it has kind of that double meaning behind it where it's, you know, supposed to be a play on words with my last name. And then it's also obviously talking about mental health and about hard things in life and kind of shining light on the fact that we're not alone and that we all go through things. Um, but a little more on me. I am 23. I live in Edina right now with one of my friends and I have a boyfriend, Jack. I recently became an aunt to Henry. He's a little heart warrior. He has HLHS. So, um, he is kind of going through the ringer right now, but he is such a strong little baby and my sister and her husband are awesome. And my parents from Stillwater. So, uh, I'm from Minnesota, born and raised, went to St. Thomas, studied fashion. And, um, you know, just this podcast has been such a big part of my life and I love, you know, reading and learning and growing. And I've always been passionate about that type of stuff. And so being able to to, you know, create a podcast and then also meet other people like yourself, Ashley has just been such a blessing in my life, honestly. So that's kind of a little bit about, you know, me and, and where this all came from. Mm -hmm. I love it. You know, give yourself so much kudos because starting a podcast one is hard Two, <laughs> it's hard <laughs> Two, it's a stick with it. Holy buckets. Like, I don't, what is it like average podcaster gets through like, I don't know, seven they don't or make eight it episodes, past like eight episodes. Yeah. yeah. And like you've 90%. done multiple seasons and, and, and they're so good and they connect to people and they make a difference. So really good work. Yeah. So what are, are you reading anything? I know you said you like to read a lot. What are you reading at the moment? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing I want to recommend to people is Brene Brown. I mean, we talked about this, like I love mm -hmm. Brene Brown. So Ugh. start with gifts of imperfection if you're a Brene Brown person, but, um, or if you're not yet and you want to learn, but right now I'm reading more than enough, um, by Elaine Walteroth. Have you heard of that book? No. So it's really good. And it's about, um, it's about like racism a lot of time in, in part of it, but it's also just about like growing up as a mixed race individual and what that is like. Um, she's biracial. Her uh, dad is white. Her mom is black. And she just talks about her story growing up through, you know, her childhood, but then she goes into her success as, and she becomes an editor at Vogue, but she works through all these different, you know, magazine companies and just kind of her drive and success behind you know, what she's accomplished and she's so inspiring, but also for me, it's just been a great learning experience of, wow, I never even thought of the, the levels of discrimination and, you know, different experiences that people who are mixed race go through from both sides. Right. So oh. she experienced discrimination from both people of color and then also white people as well. Mm. Um, and I, I just, it's, it's crazy. And it's been really, I, opening for me. One of my best friends is biracial. And so I've been having some conversations with her as I read this book, she recommended this book to me and just talking about, wow, I never even thought that maybe you would go through that and never thought you would go through those feelings. Um, and so asking those really tough questions, but really trying to understand, you know, what these people go through all the time. So it's beautifully written. Um, it's an easy read because it's so enjoyable. She tells her life story as like a novel and, um, she's just so inspiring. She's just like a 
badass woman. So if you, I don't know if I can swear on here. Oh, for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Good. Um, so yeah. So if that's something that interests people more than enough by Elaine Welteroth, it's really good. Ooh, I'm going to check it out. I love that. Yeah. Thank you. I'm always looking for new books. So with it's hard, you know, you've created something that you enjoy that's helping other people. Um, you know, has it, is it always something you wanted to do or did you just like one day wake up and say, okay, I've graduated college. I have a job. I have boyfriend. And now I want a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's a really good question. So I can just kind of tell the story of how it's hard was born. Um, so I was actually in college and I had recently gotten out of a toxic relationship. Um, it was an abusive relationship and it was going through a lot of anxiety and depression and just really feeling extremely alone in what I was going through. Um, and so I would turn to, you know, try to find community communities on Instagram or just like Googling, like, is this normal? Like, I don't know. Is this something people go through? I am so, I don't know. I feel so alone in these feelings. And I lost a lot of friendships through that relationship. Um, I was a junior in college or end of my sophomore year at this time. Um, and then I realized I started hearing people say to me, they're like, Paige, you're so perfect. Like you have all your life all together. Like, oh my gosh, you, you just have it together. You got everything. I'm like, wait, (laughs) no, Mm -hmm. I don't Mm -hmm. like inward. I did not feel that way. And I was apparently portraying that on Instagram that, you know, maybe posting photos or posting Snapchat stories or posting things that my life was just perfect. And I was like, that's not what I want to be. I don't, I want to be authentic. I don't want to be totally, you know, portraying that I'm not going through anything or that I'm this perfect person. So I decided to start writing long captions on like some, like a pretty photo of me say, you know, it's like a good photo, got it taken, took a selfie, whatever it looks like. And then all of a sudden there'd be this long caption that people would have to read. (laughs) Like they're expecting an emoji. They got a freaking novel. Yeah. 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 So I started writing these long captions and they were all about like vulnerability, anxiety, depression. They were things about how we all go through stuff. Our brains all work a certain way. Like it's okay if you're not okay. Um, and I got incredible response from it. Like people would comment like, wow, we need to talk more about this on social media. They would message me and say, Hey, this is something I'm going through right now. You made me feel like I wasn't alone. Um, I really appreciate this. Yada, yada, yada. And I was like, Holy crap. I didn't realize how much this was missing in our environment. And so I started making a vow to myself to write those captions at least like once a month or anytime I posted a good photo of myself, that caption was going to be on there. So people started kind of expecting it. Well, then I started realizing that I wasn't the only one with a story and I was kind of like, okay, I could talk about the same things over and over again, but what about other people? Like other people are going through things too. And since, you know, I was opening conversation up by posting these things, people were messaging me and telling me their personal stories. I'm like, oh my gosh, I want to shed light on other stories too. So that they feel, people feel like there's more dimension to this, more diversity to it. Um, so then I was like, crap, I like to talk. I should just start a podcast. (laughs) And that was my junior year of college that I had the idea end of junior year. I think it was. 
And then I just got a microphone and I was like, let's just try this. And I sat down with my parents and we went for it. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, it was my senior year of college that we started. Yeah. So I just sat down with my parents. We talked about my childhood, my dad's alcoholism. That was a big part of my trauma growing up. Um, We talked about just different things that happened in my life and their lives. They went through a lot and it got a great response. And here we are on season two. I don't know how it happened. Yeah. So it's just been, it's been a wild ride and just, uh, you know, shedding light on so many different stories and things that are, I've never, I mean, I've talked about infertility. I've talked about, um, death, grief, um, being a widow with people where it's like, those are things I've never, I can't even imagine, but someone out there can. And I've always said, if I can just reach one person, just one person, Mm -hmm. then it makes all a difference to me for sure. Mm Mm-hmm. I want to peek at what your rising sign is, what people, your rising sign is how people interpret you. Oh yeah. Um, Oh yeah. Yours is Gemini, which is like super curious and like conversational. (laughs) Oh my gosh. This stuff always freaks me out. It's like, how is it so spot on? (laughs) Well, and it like, and I do think like that curiosity, that genuine curiosity about other people's stories and and the willingness to share is helping others. It's helping others feel connected in a very strange time. And Mm -hmm. I love that. Do you feel like, you know, so you're doing this alongside working full time and like having a life, like how do you fit it all in? (laughs) Oh my God. I don't think I do. Um, I, yeah, so I work full time. Um, I actually just got off the phone three minutes before this with one of my coworkers. He's like, I got to tell you the story. I'm like, oh my God, I have a podcast interview. Like, I, I, I was like, ah, <laughs> um, but it was good. But yeah, so I, I work full time, obviously from home right now. And I just started my job in August. So it was like three months after I graduated from college. Um, I started my job and it's not easy. It's hard, honestly, no pun intended, but it is really hard to balance everything. I will say though, that working full time has made it easier in a way because I have a structured schedule. So in the beginning I was work, I was doing school. And so my schedule was so all over the place. I'd have a class at 6 PM and then I'd have a class at 9 AM. And then I, you know, it's like, it's just so much less structured. And so my time spent on my podcast was really sporadic. Whereas with working full time, I know that when I shut my computer off at 5 PM that I'm going to be working on the podcast and spending time with my family, my friends, whoever it may be, um, and doing other things. And so I've just worked really hard on scheduling time for the podcast and trying to make sure that I'm checking my, you know, it's hard email every night, which is obviously opposite of a lot of other people out there right now, um, who might be doing podcasts full time, but it's just what works for me. So trying to find what works best for me and write lists. I also have my roommate helping me with social media, which is a game changer. Um, cause she is not working full-time right now. Um, so she's able to do some, some work for me on the side and she's super creative because game, like social media is, is really time consuming for sure. Um, but I will say it's not all sunshine and rainbows last night. I had, I was supposed to have a podcast interview. I had a major like technical difficulty that I couldn't figure out. My boyfriend was over trying to fix it and (laughs) it was not working. And I had to reschedule the podcast interview, which was really stressful, honestly. And the reason is, is like, I don't have eight hours in a day to like prep and prepare and set up. Like I got to go like right after work, I go downstairs, I try to figure it out. And then 
if it doesn't work, I, I can't do anything about it. Right, so right. there's days where it's overwhelming. It's really hard. Um, but I think just setting a structure and a schedule has been the biggest thing to like help that ease that anxiety in some capacity. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I hate that. I like those days. I've had those days too, where it's like, <laughs> nothing is going to go my way. And it's, and I think, I don't know how you feel, but I think that's like the universe just saying like, this just isn't what needs to happen right now. Exactly. Yeah. And I was having a tough day yesterday, honestly, with my nephew had gone into like another little like surgery thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, he's been in the hospital now for almost a week and he was out of the hospital before that. It was just, we've been so back and forth and my mom came, luckily we got to go for a walk, even though we can't really like hug each other right now. Cause she's helping out with them. So like with COVID, um, but my mom came over and when she left, I just bawled, like I just mm. cried so hard. And I was like, I don't even know what's wrong. And then I kind of cleared my schedule for the afternoon, just did some work on my laptop rather than being on zoom calls and stuff. And my coworkers are so helpful with everything that's going on right now. But I was like, should I cancel the the interview tonight? And I probably should have just canceled it right then. Like intuition. I don't know if you have like that inner voice. Mm -hmm. Uh, Oprah Winfrey always says, listen to your inner voice. And I did not (laughs) listen to my inner voice there. I was like, no, I'm going to push through because I, you know, I need to do this. This is part of, you know, my work. I got to push through these things, but sometimes you just got to chill and take care of yourself and the podcast is going to survive. It's going to be okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I, man, am I talking, let's talk about intuition. Like those moments where even if you, if you try to ignore it, you just can't, there's just no way that that's going to happen. Speaking of like taking care of yourself, what do you like, what are your jams for self-care? Yeah. Oh man. That's something that I don't probably practice enough, but, um, (laughs) my, my boyfriend and my roommate would tell you, they're like, she, my room the other night, it's like, you just need to go in your room and pretend like you're alone. Like don't care about anyone but yourself right now. And Mm -hmm. that's so helpful. Um, but no reading is huge for me. Journaling. I'm a huge writer. I really want to write a book one day. So I love to write, um, just, you know, unplugging from my phone. I mean, that's the biggest thing for me to take care of myself. Um, but yeah, just honestly, like sitting in my bed and having, you know, reading, having a cup of tea and journaling, just using my brain in that way is the best form of self-care. I also love to walk and and work out. It's just freeing for me. Um, honestly, the biggest part of my mental health journey. Um, if I could choose anything though, like I know, I don't know if you have this, but it's like everyone maybe has like one thing where it's like, if I could go do anything right now without worrying about if it costs money or if it took an extra step or whatever it was, I would ride a horse. Like I grew up riding horses. Yeah. And so that's definitely would be the biggest form of self-care for me. Can you still do that right now? Or is that impossible with COVID? I don't know. It's not impossible with COVID. It's just different when you don't have your own horse. So if you have your own horse, obviously you can go ride whenever. Um, But if you don't have your own horse, then you have to, you know, go and take lessons or, like go ride someone else's horse or go do other things. It can be expensive and just, you know, it's just not as accessible as if you have, you know, your own horse and it just depends where people are offering that. And I actually don't even know if people are offering lessons right now with COVID. I would guess so because it's kind of an outdoor activity, but it just depends for sure. Mm-hmm. I've never ridden a horse ever. A lot of people haven't. It's not really okay. I'm like, yeah, it's not very uncomfortable. Thing. A lot of people are like, I'm scared of horses. I'm like, they're big front. They're like literally big dogs. Like that's the best way to describe them. Yeah, they're they're awesome. So, yeah. So 
you know, I think we talked about just like this connection piece of your show and this vulnerability and that's, you know, Brene Brown world. There's <laughs> so much healing in sharing and, and getting the word out there. Have there been any stories or like things that have come up for you on the show that have just like really hit home or like that you are, have been just really moved by? I know that you've done some a couple seasons now, like any really memorable episodes? Oh, that's a really good question. I got to think. Um, the first one that came to my mind, honestly, was the one around being a widow. So one of my parents' friends from a long time ago lost her husband um, very early on or or when he, they were about, you know, he was about 50, I believe. And I got to interview her and she is, oh my gosh, I, I cried during that episode. It was just insane. The, the story and her resilience, her strength. She's created a community of widows that she, you know, talks with and she helps through this process and she's just a great energy, great light. Um, so that's one that I felt really like moved by. I would say that there, you know, my first season has kind of like a special place in my heart. Cause it is just, there was so many cool things there. Um, and something, another episode that's more of like fun, lighthearted, but also really important stuff is healthy relationships with Khadija Cooper. Mm. And she's a comedian, but she's also a health education teacher. And this was just something that was so, you know, cool to talk through. Like, just people's relationships and, and views around sex and how can we be better about talking about this? And this hit home for me because that's something I shy away from. I don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it. And I don't know if that's, you know, past traumas that bring that up or what that looks like, but, you know, having her say like, you got to talk about this type of stuff and like healthy relationships are a place where you have to open up about these things. And so she really ties together kind of the humor side of things, but then also breaks down like the importance of teaching kids about healthy relationships. And I just can picture her in a classroom and I'm like, oh my God, she's probably just the best health education teacher you could ever have. She's intelligent, but hilarious, like the perfect combo. Mm-hmm. So those are two that, that really have um, hit home for me. And then we're just, we're freshly into season two right now. So there's a couple really good ones on there as of right now as well. But uh, season one just has kind of a special place in my heart too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, friends, it's time for a huge thank you to our sponsor, BetterHelp. It's perfect that we're talking about mental health today because BetterHelp is helping clients all over the world. If you've been feeling like you're struggling, you're down, or you're just unable to reach for your goals and it would just help to talk to someone, BetterHelp is making it so easy to make that happen. BetterHelp will assess your needs and they'll match you with your own licensed professional therapist. It's not a crisis hotline, it's not self-help, it's a professional counseling done securely online. Perhaps you don't have access to a counselor where you live or you just wanna remain at home in your pajamas, BetterHelp makes it so easy. And not only that, but it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. So once you're matched with a counselor, you get to know them, see if it's a fit. And if it's not, no problem. It's free to change counselors if needed, because you know we all know that it, it needs to be a fit. And once you have your person, you can log into your 
account anytime and send a message to your counselor, set up weekly sessions via video or phone call, and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. And remember, you never have to sit in that awkward traditional therapy waiting room. BetterHelp really wants you to start living a happier life today. So if you're ready to prioritize yourself and your well-being along with the million people that are taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional, visit betterhelp.com slash yoga magic to get set up. And for yoga magic listeners, you get 10% off of your first month. That's better H E L P slash yoga magic. Outside of the podcast, like who really inspires you? Like, who do you seek out to for like that moment of like, Oh, yep. I can do this. Keep going. Uh, do you mean like personal or maybe like someone I would listen to or read about? I like both. Yeah. That's a good question. My previous boss, of uh, she actually was on the podcast too. We talked about vulnerability, mm. um, but she runs a day camp. So I used to work at her day camp in the summers and she is a big Brene Brown girl too. Um, but we just talk so much. We have an, a, quite a significant age gap between us as well. She's in her forties and I'm obviously 23, but we're really good friends. And I love that because she's wiser than me, but also like we get along so well. And so we have, and we have different, I think, things that we're wise on too. I mean, I'm even able to help her through some things, which is really cool. Um, but just her perspective is really inspiring to me. So she's someone that I would reach out to if I was like, Hey, I'm in a rut. I need a little bit of inspiration. I need a thought. I need to, Mm. you know, process this thought out loud. She's definitely that person for me. And also my friend Dell, I would say too, is, is super great at that. She, she and I talk a lot about the podcast and she just text me in the middle of the day and is like, Hey, I have this idea. Like, what about this, this, and this? And then we'll send me like 16 different. I mean, it's really cool to talk with her and she challenges me. Like, I think when you have a relationship that is both loving, but also somebody who pushes you, it's really, um, a relationship that will last long time that could allow you to grow. And that's definitely what she is to me. I mean, she'll, we'll be talking about some things and she'll be like, you know, I think this might be a different option on that. Or like, how about this? Or maybe you could see that, say this differently or whatever it may be. She definitely challenges me, asks me tough questions, which mm-hmm. I love. Um, obviously Brene Brown is a huge person for me and Oprah Winfrey, um, Brene Brown's more on that, you know, research side of vulnerability and psychology and and then how we operate and how we, you know, do these things. Why are we the way we are? And then Oprah is becoming more of like a spiritual guide for me because spirituality is like something I'm still tapping into a little bit more. So she's becoming that like kind of core, that spirituality person, um, which I, I love to see that too, but those are like kind of my main, you know, people that I just feel, I feel so inspired by Mm -hmm. for sure. What about you? I'm curious what yours are. Mm, That's a good question. I'm, I really love Gabby Bernstein. I'm really inspired by her. That's And just, I think like she, her first, the first book I read by her was, um, universe has universe got your back, which Mm -hmm. was like, Whoa, game changer for me. Um, I'm really inspired by a lot of podcasters, out there, you know, you and I have talked about our love of almost 30 and we've, we've had the ability or that opportunity to, to work with them. And, you know, it's, I think what I love about a lot of these, these people that are out in podcasting world and are, are talking about things that honestly are kind of out there. I mean, like they, like almost 30, they'll talk about anything aliens and mm-hmm. <laughs> just like stuff that I'm like, 
I, I, people are the truth speaking that is happening in the world right now, whether it be what I believe in or not, like if it's their truth, hearing mm-hmm. that is so inspiring to me. And so I'm, I'm really, I'm loving this, this world that we're in. I, I say that after a really hard day, it's like the Capitol was raided last night yeah. and like, it's hard to find beauty in those moments, but there, there is beauty and we're learning and we're growing and we're in this like new age of enlightenment and Aquarius and all of that. So I agree. I'm feeling very inspired, but also just like tired at the same time. Yeah. Do you feel that? <laughs> yes. So freaking tired. I know. So tired. Yeah. We were like, my roommate and I yesterday were like, can we just have 2021? Like, can we, can we not have these things happen? But you know, there's been so many things around, like, this is what our country has been built on and we have I to know. be the change makers. And I think that what you said about, you know, inspiration and feeling inspired, it, it could go along with the lines of like, I feel inspired by the people who are those thought leaders who have that connection, that core, those spirituality, the exposure to it too, just the amount of podcasts that are out there now and the amount of information and positive information that you can seek out. I think that is so changing and and it's helping a lot of people and talking about mental health. Like a lot of these things that are happening, a lot of people out there just don't even think about their mental health at all. If they just exist, they walk through the earth and they don't even think about it. And that's not their fault. They just were never talked to about it. People should be talking about this in school. We -hmm. should be talking about this every single day because our brains could change in 10 minutes. Like I could be super happy right now. 10 minutes from now, I could be super sad. And I need to figure out how to process that. And how do I say like, I feel this way. This is how I feel. I'm not sad. I'm not, you know, defined by that, but this is how I feel right now. And I need to own it. I need to move through it. And I think that a lot of the issues that we're having is just, I mean, a, there's, you know, systemic issues that around racism and around all these things that are just not being taken care of in the way that they need to be. But then there's also all this, these issues with mental health that are also not being taken care of Mm -hmm. in the way that they need to be. They're not being talked about in the way they need to be. So I think there can be hope in all of this. And I think that by being people and thought leaders and change makers, that we're the ones that are going to make that change and going to help to have a new future. Mm -hmm. You know, well, if you were to, if mental health were to be a focus, say when we're in school, whether it be high school or college or whatever. I mean, like I didn't grow up with social media. That wasn't something that was like a part of my life until I was Mm -hmm. fully in college. Whereas like, that's been a huge part of your life. Like, and I don't know if that's like one of the major issues, but what would you, what would you see as a hopeful shift as it relates to mental health, like within schools? Oh, that's a really good question. Um, I would say, you know, in health and education classes, kind of what we were talking about with Khadijah Cooper, I mean, talking candidly about mental health and starting at a really young age, mm-hmm. like I would say, you know, early middle school, like when kids start to realize like, oh, I'm maybe I'm different or they start to feel those insecurities. They start to, you know, get teased or bullied or all those things like breaking down the source of it rather than just saying stop bullying. It's like, well, no, but like, why are students bullying? Like what is going on in their brain at home or things that are happening that we can talk about? Right. And so there's, you know, obviously different levels. And and my goal one day is to have like a children's book, a baby book and like all these different books that are like around mental health 
than like kind of breaking it down for people so it's easier for them to understand. And that's obviously not like not in a research way, more of in like a conversational way because Mm -hmm. we all have so many similar thoughts. So I feel like there should be in school, there should be a class around this. There should be a class around our brains, how they operate. Why do we feel certain things? What are our emotions? What are our core emotions? And the fact that it's possible to feel more than one emotion at once. You can feel both hopeful Mm -hmm. and tired. Like you are Ashley, you're hopeful, but you're also tired, right? Mm -hmm. You can feel both those things. It's, there's nothing wrong with that. You can feel excited that you have a new nephew, but you can also grieve the process that you thought it was going to be like, right? Mm. So I think talking about those things and breaking them down by age, like with younger kids saying, okay, you feel sad right now. And at camp, we kind of put them into zones. So we say like, are you in the red right now? That's like, I'm really angry. I'm so mad. Are you in the yellow? You're feeling mad manageable, like just really sad or stressed. And are you in the green? You're good. Like you're feeling awesome and and happy today. Um, or right now, cause it could change in 10 minutes. Right. Mm-hmm. So breaking it down. So it's easy for children to understand. And then as they go through that middle school thing, which it was freaking hard, middle school is hard for mm-hmm. so many people, mm-hmm. you know, talking through the differences in people and, and that it's okay to be different. It's okay. That's we're not all the same. That's just a normality and, and having really candid conversations. Um, I was going to say to a social media, I would say that showing students the social dilemma that Netflix documentary. Yes. I think that would be so good. Like equivalent to like, didn't they show us some thing in health class where it was like on McDonald's and like how, if you eat too much McDonald's. Oh yeah. That documentary. The Yeah. I forget what it's called. What is that? Supersize me. Yeah. 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 Super okay. size me. <laughs> Yeah. So like equivalent to that, where we could watch that documentary social dilemma and it gets kids to think like, Oh my God, that's me. Or because Mm -hmm. I lived in, in the era where I, I didn't have it growing up. So I didn't have, I came, I was in ninth grade when Instagram first was created. Okay. So I was 15. So I was older than the kids who are experienced Instagram now at age 10. Like I have kids (sighs) I babysit who are 10 and having Instagram and TikTok and all those things. It's like, oh my God, I can't even handle it. I don't even know how a 10 year old can handle it. Um, and so I would say that having kids watch that as young as possible would be so essential, but, you know, also still having, again, just like more conversation. I think so often in school, it's like, we're just talked at all the time, Yes. but like, how can we start to bring each other into the conversation, asking kids, how do you feel today? Or are you doing okay? That's like a great question. Like not even saying like, Hey, how are you? I think you said this, like, Hey, how are you? It's like, are you doing okay? Mm-hmm. That's it. And then someone can say yes or no. They can open up that conversation. Like there's just so many ways we can shift the way that we talk and the way we think. And we need to start doing it when kids are way younger. Cause I don't think people are figuring it out until they're way older now. Right. So that's, that's how I would want to see a change. Mm-hmm. I, the talking at you, that's very real. I this, I'm tell you a short story. This is funny about yes. what <laughs> emotions. Yes. <laughs> so my daughter is four 
And I think she was maybe like three when this happened at school. They do ask this. And I do think that they kind of do it at a young age where they're like, how are you feeling? And you're able to start because you're learning what emotions are, right? Like you're learning how to verbalize your emotions. So they would ask in the morning, what is, how are you feeling? And they would, the kids would like point to a face. And Lily always is like, I'm great. I'm feeling great. Like I'm feeling happy, you know? Yeah. One particular day she decided, we got a message from her school that she said, Lily is really angry today. And they're, and we're like, oh no, what happened? Like angry. Everything okay. Angry is her choice. And they asked why. And she said, because we didn't have regular cream cheese this morning. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I've read like entitled little shit. Like, what is this like? <laughs> But you know what? The thing that like what struck me about that moment is that kids are, they are able to feel their emotions and not be embarrassed about it, right? Like truth fast, I might've been mad about not having the right cream cheese too, but like, I'm not allowed to have a temper tantrum about that. That's not okay. And kids are so wise and that they just, they know what they feel and they're not necessarily afraid to show it. And if we can just keep them going, keep within reason, obviously, like just encourage them to feel Instead of making them embarrassed about who they are and and how they emote, (laughs) that might be the future. I don't know. So good. I read something somewhere and this was totally from working with kids a lot too. I worked with kids for four years, like I said, and we always said like, we can learn a lot from the littles. Like Mm -hmm. you should observe a little, you should not look at them as like, oh, they don't know anything. Or I've always heard the thing too, even you know, just being, if you're a teenager, if you're whatever, it's like, you're always too young, you know, like mm-hmm. right now I'm 23 and it's like, you're, I'm too young to write a book or I'm too young to do this. I'm too young to do that. And I'm like, you are, you only know as much as you know. Now you're never too young for anything. You're never too young to do anything. You know, as much as you know, now you have the ability to do what you want with what you know. Now, yes, you're going to know more in 20 years because you've lived 20 more years, but that doesn't make you lesser than, or that doesn't make you less capable to do different things. You just Mm -hmm. don't, you're not as experienced, but you know enough at this time to do with it whatever you want. And I think with kids, it is so important that we continue to tell them like, it's okay to be angry about like that. And it's okay to be sad. Like I think so many times people to say to kids like, oh, don't cry. Don't cry. Like you don't need to cry. There's no need to cry. I'm guilty of that. I think I've said that to kids before too. Mm -hmm. But like at what point do we sit with a kid and hold them and say like, please feel all these emotions and then address it once they've calmed down. They're out of that, you know, bawling stage, then talk to them. Okay. What made you feel that way? And how can we, you know, move forward in this way? Or how can next time this happens, can we make sure that we have a good mindset around it and, and talk through things? I don't know how you do that. I don't, I'm not a mom, but (laughs) I know that like us allowing kids to feel is like you said, so essential for the future of everything, honestly. Mm -hmm. And allowing adults to feel like people that you you know, what you said earlier about people thought you were so perfect on social media when you started to open up, I just, that's such a real thing. And, and I've gotten that too, where people are like, oh, your life's so put together. And it's like, then I'm not telling, I'm not telling you guys anything. If you think that my life is perfect, I want to, not that I'm like, oh my gosh, my life's so hard, but just like, it's, it's not reality for people to think that your life is going to be perfect. And I think sometimes those people that always put on, I've read this before that like the people that are really um, always look so, so, so perfect, whether it's social media or whatever, put together, you know, in person are the ones we need to check up on the most that mm. they are, they need to be able to 
to breathe and like be real too. Yeah, that's so good. Having like those friends, like you talk about your friend that will like ask you hard questions and yeah. and you can be real with them is once you find those people, like hold them tight, like hold, yeah. have a lot of gratitude for them. Yeah. Well, the whole thing, Ashley, is that like we all feel there, right. there's no way around it. So when I started opening up on social media, it's like, there is this element of like, am I the only one that feels this way? Like maybe right. I'm throwing shit at the wall right now. And it's going to be like, everyone's gonna be like, what is she talking about? Like, I don't know. I don't ever feel like that. We all feel, we all have these brains that operate. And a lot of times, why do you think self-help books end up being like New York times bestsellers or right. podcasts blow up and different people like Brene Brown and Oprah Winfrey and all these things. Why do you think that these people are doing so well? It's because there's common ground in all mm-hmm. of this. We can't deny that these conversations are not resonating with somebody. I can imagine that right now there's somebody walking their dog and they're not in their head like this. Like I do every single day when I walk my dog, like, yeah. you know, it's like you, you hear these conversations or you read these things online. And a lot of people find that common ground, that community in that, because they're like, holy cow, I'm not the only one. And we should all be allowed to feel that way. We should all be encouraged to take care of our brains. Like we take care of our bodies. I always say that, like, why is there so much shame around going to therapy? I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I literally don't get it. I'm like, Going to therapy is a gift. If you can afford to go, if you're able to go, whatever it is, or if you find your own therapy and other things like therapy, the word has such a negative connotation behind it and it shouldn't, Mm -hmm. it should not because you don't go to therapy to get fixed. You go to therapy to take care of yourself Mm -hmm. because your mind matters just as much as your body, if not more in a way. Mm -hmm. So I think there is so much room for improvement on allowing us to feel, but I do think there is a big shift happening. Like you said, even just watch, like, this is silly, but watching the bachelor, I don't know if you watch the bachelor. <laughs> I never got into it, but like, I'm jealous of people that watch it. Cause it seems like it would be the best. <laughs> I think you should watch this okay. season, honestly, I will. because, and we can like, maybe we can like talk about it more because of course there's always the parts that are cringy and it's just like, Oh my God, like, why am I even watching this? But this season, there's a lot of talk about vulnerability and a lot of talk about like being more real. And they did it a little bit last season too. Like they had the men get a little bit more vulnerable and like they were crying on TV and talking about their emotions and their real things. Like they're not doing as much of the catty stuff that they used to do. Mm, I'm noticing girls like like on girls. BS. I hate that. That's kind of why I never really liked it. Exactly. And so there is, of course, you know, going to be a little bit of that, but we also have the first black black bachelor Mm. in this season too. And there's talk about race and there's talk about all this stuff. And I think it's just good, a little bit of good conversation that bachelor is using their platform, finally, finally using their massive platform to uplift people rather than allow them like do these cuts that make people pretty much get bullied on Instagram. Like they make people look so bad on their show. Usually Mm -hmm. that they end up getting bullied on Instagram. It's like, let's start flipping the script and using this massive platform to talk about things that people actually feel all the time, Mm -hmm. make common ground and make sure people know they're not alone. Mm -hmm. Girl, if anybody could convince me to watch the bachelor, it might be you. That was a good sell. I'm very impressed. And this is funny because my old roommate Bergen is probably listening to this. Shout out Bergen. And (laughs) she 
used to always tell me like in the beginning of college, I was like, I am not watching the bachelor. Like there's no way, there's no way. And she finally got me into it. And I, all of a sudden I got addicted. It was like junior year of college. So I haven't even been that big of a bachelor stand for that long, but now all of a sudden I'm obsessed. So thanks to Bergen. Now you're, now we're converting Ashley to bachelor nation. <laughs> it's well. a ripple effect. It is. Bachelor it nation. is. There must be something to it. Cause it's been going strong for so long. And like, it's just know. good TV at this point. Like, and we all need like, a little, just like relaxation. A mind break. A it's mind okay break. to watch that stuff too. That's a reminder. You don't always have to be doing self-help and journaling. I definitely don't do that all the time. I definitely spend time watching the bachelor on yeah. Monday nights. <laughs> you know what I do? I do. I liked, you're talking about sex before. I, I mm-hmm. struggle with that too. Is like, I have for a long time because it was such a shameful thing to even think about really. Mm -hmm. And I'm flipping 34. So like probably should work on that. I've recently in the last gosh, like two years started reading like really like sort of erotic romance novels and I'm obsessed. It's like the best distraction ever because it's so like, honestly, it's just like, what is this? This is, this is crazy town. (laughs) Who wrote this? What words are they using? And it also just like, I don't know. It pulls me back around to this part of myself that I always sort of shamed. Yeah. So why do you think that you had shame around it? Well, I grew up really religious. So that was definitely like Mm. a piece that I wasn't allowed to tap into and just like, and I think for good reason, right? Like there's a protection piece to like celibacy or whatever. But now that I'm, you know, a married woman with like a, a real relationship with what sex is, I'm like, oh, I can, I can indulge in this and think about it in a really like healing way. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that's your bachelor. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know either that we're still exploring. It was only episode one where they're getting vulnerable. So I guess okay. we'll have to, we'll have to give it, we'll have to give it the rest of the season. Maybe we could do an episode on like our takes on the bachelor. Or Honestly, something. <laughs> I think it would freaking blow up because any, I think it was on the almost 30 podcast. I talked about it too, where it's like, if, if you just say The Bachelor in these podcast episodes, all of a sudden, like, you get 60,000, you know, whatever Dollars listeners of- because people are, like, so obsessed. Like, they want to know <laughs> all the goods. But we aren't having, like, actual guests on. So I don't think – like, The Bachelor guests on, you know, where it's, like, we don't have those exciting people. But, yeah, we could break it down. We, we, could, we could try to get side. one. What if we did yeah. <laughs> I think if we were to get one, we should get Ben from last season. Okay. He was really vulnerable, opened up about his struggle with mental health. He almost committed suicide or oh like gosh. attempted to commit suicide. So I would say that if we did anyone, we should try to get him. And get then ben. We should bring him on and we should talk about breaking down the barrier of mental health on The Bachelor. I'm so glad that this this interview went this direction. I hadn't like so glad, really. <laughs> I'm like, you better take me off this ledge before I just yeet myself. <laughs> Whatever. I don't know why you're talking that you aren't like you were nervous to be interviewed because this is epic. <laughs> I've gotten really comfortable all of a sudden. <laughs> okay, before you go, Paige, tell listeners about where they can find your podcast, your Instagram, all of your goodness. Yes, I would love to. Um, yeah, so I am on Instagram at It's Hard Podcast, and you can find all my resources there as far as where you can find um, my podcast. So it's on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and I think everywhere you can listen. On Instagram, I'm I'm active as I can be, but I do like to just share real life. I shared a video this morning of me falling. Um, I don't know if you saw that, Ashley. <laughs> I did. I to go out. back. <laughs> on uh, my road, I completely slipped on ice when I was trying to take Isn't a video. Are you okay? So, 
I'm fine. My knee is bleeding, but we're okay. <laughs> oh <my laughs> so I trust that. But I like to just be like authentic on Instagram, share stories. I'm also doing a book club every month now um, with a few people. We're going to start reading together. Just like you said, you want to start reading more. So we'll start reading together. I love that. Um, and just like to be a little bit active on there. So it's a good place to just kind of join the community and, and talk with me. Let me know if you are coming from here. Um, but that's, yeah, that's kind of the most of it right now. Again, anywhere you listen to podcasts and just follow along on Instagram and you can join my mailing list too. It's at it's hard pod at gmail.com, but there's a link to that in the bio on my Instagram. If you want to get some emails from me, emails, <laughs> get on the club. I'll email, email. or I'll link it all up in the show notes so that people can, okay. Perfect. can be awesome. a part of it. And we, well, I, I'll talk about this when we'll actually get it together, but if there are, there are other podcasters listening out there, um, Paige and I are, are, are starting a little bit of a network networking group for other mm-hmm. podcasters just to share ideas and resources. So if that's something that you're like, cool, I want to, I just love to chat, shoot us a note. Again, I'll put some information in the show notes about that. Um, because we're all, I don't know, we're finding ourselves via the podcasting these days. We so are. I'd love to have that as a moment. Well, and we were talking about like before this, uh, we were just talking about like different things I've been doing with my podcast and Ashley was like, Oh, this is why I love talking to like other podcasters. Yeah. We can learn so much from one another. And I think it's so easy to get into like a little bit of like a competitive mindset in a way where it's oh, like, yeah. but then you realize, Oh my God, we're all so different. And I said this to Ashley too, like everyone always says that if you're a podcast listener, you're going to listen to a lot of different podcasts. So like, I hope people who listen to my show, go listen to your show and vice versa. You know, like you spend probably a lot of time listening to podcasts. You might as well try out a bunch of different other ones and then also learn from one another because everyone has different experiences with the whole process. So Mm -hmm. I think that'll be so fun. I'm really excited for that. Me too. Thank you, Paige. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Ashley. This was amazing. You're so fun and I'm excited (laughs) to work together. Thanks so much for tuning in, everyone. Thanks to Paige for being on the show. Thanks to our sponsor, BetterHelp. And don't forget to subscribe to Yoga Magic. Leave a rating and a review if you like this show. Very much appreciated. All right, everyone. I will see you on Thursday.